0: 1 John chapter 5, And let us read two verses, verse 7 and verse 8. For, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. Let us pray. Father, we ask you now to settle us in your presence under your word. And Lord, that you would bless and encourage the youth who are down in the building tonight as they have their church service, those who will play and sing, those who will minister, the word of God, we pray for Ian there and all the leaders and the helpers with them. I pray, Father, for your hand to be on each and every one of them, that, Lord, maybe one of them or some of them who have come in unsaved would leave knowing your son as saviour. So bless their gathering together tonight and keep your hand upon them for good things this evening. Bless them and build them up upon their most holy faith. And now, Fathers, we turn to thee for this place. We thank you for so many coming out on a a windy, rainy, blustery night in this tent well filled. We ask you, Lord, that you would bless them even for being here. and Glorify your name and take away this distraction, Lord, of the, the tent and the wind and the blowing. And help us to fix our minds and our hearts upon thy word. And if there's one here tonight, Lord, who's not yet saved, we pray tonight, Lord, that you would speak to them through your word and save them for time and for eternity. So glorify your son this evening. We ask it in Jesus' name. We ask it for his glory. Giving you thanks for everything. Amen. Amen. If you notice verse 7 of our reading says there are three that bear record notice the difference a record in heaven the father the word and the holy ghost three of one substance and they are one but they are are one and the next verse there are three that bear witness in earth so one's in heaven a record in heaven and the other is a, a witness in earth. And these three are not of one substance, but they are to do with our salvation. There are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three not are one, but agree in one. They agree in one. Tonight we want to speak on the unchangeable and immutable Word of God. The unchangeable and the immutable Word of God. The word unchangeable means exactly what it says. Yet because of the world in which we live in is changeable, everything is changeable on earth because of the changeableness of all on earth in this world, we human beings think everyone and everything is or and should be changeable and that person, that man and woman or that thing in which we hold dear which remains unchanged throughout millennia is out of step. It is out of line and out of order with society. They say change with us to suit us and to be one of us or else you are a bigoted, hateful, backwatered idiot if you do not change. Unchangeable also means unalterable. Not that it just cannot flip over and completely change to suit the world, society, and people, or anyone, or anything. But it can't even be altered slightly to accommodate that which people want us to be in order to fit in with the norms of today. It means it is unvarying. It won't vary, and it won't change at all. It's changeless. Unchangeable also gives the idea to be fixed. To be fixed. And it gives the idea of something which is set in stone. Set in stone. For example, we see it when we have Moses receiving the Ten Commandments, which were set in stone, two tables of stone. And they were broken, but they were reset in stone. The Word of God, it was kept. In its fullness of order and unchanged. It means to be indestructible and permanently established. It means irreversible, constant, perpetual, and eternal. Hence, the Word of God and the God of the Word is all of these things. Tonight, the Word of God is unchangeable and it is immutable, it cannot be altered. For man, nor woman, or for anyone in society. Not for you as a believer, nor for me. It must and will remain the same always. In Malachi chapter 3 and in verse 6, Jehovah says these words, For I am the Lord. I am Jehovah. I change not. Notice the very character of God from whom comes the Word of God. The very character and nature of God does not change. He says, I am the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh. I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. In other words, he's saying, even though you as flesh and blood and bone, you change. He says, I never change. The world changes, I never change. Time changes people and places, I never change. He says, I am the Lord, not a Lord, but the Lord, I change not. Therefore, because I don't change, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. What God is saying is, ye sinners of flesh and blood of Jacob, ye sinners to the humanity depraved in nature from the fall of Adam and of the lineage of Jacob. He says, you're not consumed because of who I am and my goodness remains the same toward you. And hence, brothers and sisters and friends tonight, God says, I am the Lord. In my nature and in my character, I change not. And thank God he doesn't change because his unchangeableness, is what we rest our head on as believers. His unchangeableness as our God and our Father in heaven. Oh yes, we are like the sons of Jacob in our nature, and we change. Our flesh is as flesh was then, and He changes not. The unchangeableness of God was well penned by an old Free Church of Scotland minister from Kelso, In the borders of Scotland, many of you will know him, Horatius Bonar. And this is what he writes in his hymn. I hear the words of love. I gaze upon the blood. I see the mighty sacrifice and I have peace with God. Notice, this man's writing from a redeemed heart. I have peace with God. You see, there's a difference between having peace with God when we're saved and the peace of God as we're sanctified. Peace with God is when we are at one with God when we're saved and blood washed. The peace of God is that which we possess as we live our lives before him. The peace of God which passeth all understanding. Listen to the rest of the hymn that he, he has written. His everlasting peace, sure as Jehovah's name. Tis stable as his steadfast throne, forevermore the same. The clouds may go and come, and storms may sweep my sky. This blood-sealed friendship changes not. The cross is ever nigh. I change, he changes not. The Christ can never die. His love, not mine, the resting place. His truth, not mine, the tie. My love is oft times low. My joy still ebbs and flows. But peace with him remains the same. No change. Jehovah knows. No change. Jehovah knows. I rest my head on the pillow of the sovereignty of God. That He changes not, even though everything around me changes. Job situations change. Families change. Societies change. The world has changed. But He remains the same. No change, Jehovah knows. God's nature and God's character is unchangeable and so... God does not change. Rather, God cannot change. Or else His character faileth. For His word says, I am the Lord, I change not. I am the Lord, I change not. In Hebrews chapter 6 and in verse 13, it says, For when God made promise to Abraham, Because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. When God looked around, as it were, to swear by someone in the covenant promises to Father Abraham. He looked around and there was none greater to swear by. If he had a swore by another man, sure another man would fail. Another man would let it down. Another man would break covenant. But this was unconditionally made with Abraham from the very inward word of God to him. And God looks around and says, I can swear by no one else but by myself. And so God swears by himself to fulfill the covenant promises to Abraham. The unconditional covenants and promises of God are fully dependent now and reliant upon the power of God to perform them. Man cannot perform the promises of God nor bring them into force Only God Himself can perform that which He has promised and that which He has has said. you know what the Lord says also and it's the promise and His word changes not? He says that you must be born again. He says you must be born again and that does not change. That will remain the same throughout all eternity that a man and a woman must be born again to either see, perceive the kingdom of God a man and woman must be born from above to enter into the kingdom of God. So I ask you tonight, are you saved? Are you born again? Will you enter into the kingdom of heaven? For God's word is unalterable and cannot be changed. And hence God will stand fast by his word. Else, if he does not, then he himself has lost his character, his witness, his sovereignty. And he no longer... Has any justice against the sinner? For he sent his son to die that we might be saved. John chapter 2 and verses 24 and 25. Don't worry about that. Your storm's blowing. Don't worry about the tent. Everything will be all right. You're not going to blow down the hill. You'll be all right. Well, I hope you won't anyway. No, you will not. You'll be all right. Don't worry about it. I'm raising my voice so loud, I'm trying to keep it out there because it's difficult and it will die away. But I'm trying to keep my voice up for you. In John chapter 2, verses 24 and in 25, it says, But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. Jesus didn't commit himself to men. These are those who came and saw the miracles And thought they wanted to follow him. But Jesus knew their heart was just after what they could get. He knows the heart of men. He knows the heart of women. He knows the heart of where you are right now. Sitting in your seat. It says he knew that all men. Verse 25. And needed not that any should testify of man. Listen. For he knew what was in man. Even Christ himself. He would not rely on Man. James chapter 1 and verse 17 tells us of the immutability of our heavenly father and the unchanging nature of God James 1 and 17 he says every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom there is no variableness notice with whom there is no variableness neither shadow of turning when you say variableness no variableness. That's no. when windy and I'm talking out loud, so you speak up loud this time. Are you ready? No variableness. No. There's no variableness with my Heavenly Father. Would you say it? No. We need to believe this because it's on this that we rest our eternal welfare and security. Take note of this. Comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And the word variableness is the word paragale. And it means no transmutation. God along the road isn't going to change. He's not going to mutate from who he is. He's not going to change his character. He won't change his word. He won't change his witness. He won't transmutate into someone and something else like people do at times. God will remain the same at all times. It means there's no changing. It means there's no fickleness. No change in his love for you. No change in his affections toward you. No change in his loyalties. No change in his devotion. No change... To those who are his. No change in his nature. No change in his character. And no change in his word. His word, the word of God, is immutable. And it is unchangeable. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 138 and in verse 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple. And praise thy name for thy loving kindness. And for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Do you notice that? The psalmist says, Father God, you have magnified your word even above all thy name. Here's really what it means if God has magnified his word and it changes, if God's word fails, then his name fails. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. If God's word changes, then God's word fails. And if God's word fails, God's name fails. You see the word for name, N-A-M-E. It is the word in the Hebrew, the shame. The shame of God and it means God's reputation will fall. God's fame of who he is. God's glory and honor will be diminished. Will be worthless if God's word changes. For he has magnified his word above all his name. Listen to Psalm 119 in verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I want you to take note now in these dark and dangerous days, perilous times that we're living in. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. We read there our three. The bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven notice here in these days, it doesn't say your word is settled in London. It doesn't say your word is settled in Westminster. It doesn't say your word is settled in Washington. It doesn't say your word is settled in Brussels or Beijing or Moscow. It doesn't say your word is settled anywhere else. And for those in church history, it doesn't say your word is settled in Heidelberg or Oxford, or Geneva. They weren't settled there. The Word of God is settled in heaven. No matter what happens on this earth, the Word is already settled in heaven. It cannot change. It must not change. And it will not change. It won't be changed by Harvard or any university. It will not change in a conference or in a conclave. It will not change in seminaries or even by a Bible college. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Now they're telling us with AI technology soon, the Bible will be rewritten by AI technology. And it will be the true Bible. In other words, it will be the brain of this computerized, system that man has set up. It'll grow its own brain. It'll have its own thinking. It'll do its own thing. And AI will rewrite the Bible. Some say it will rewrite it, that everybody and everything will be comfortable and happy and joined together in ecumenicalism with it, with every religion and every form, with every sin and everything. They say that AI will sort it all out. And rewrite the Bible. I'll tell you brothers and I'll tell you sisters. They may try to rewrite it. But it's forever settled in heaven. This is God's word not man's word. It is forever settled in heaven. Many may change the print. The printed words on our page. Lobbyist groups may change its meaning to suit their agenda. Society may change it to ease their conscience, to shift their immorality and their thinking and condemnation of sin away from themselves. Let's rewrite the words. Let's make it soft words, pliable to every heart. Let's change the print on the page as everyone reads it. You see, there it is in the Bible, and it's not the Word of God. It is not the Word of God. On planet Earth, they may hear it, refuse it, remove it, disobey it, disown it, and disbelieve it. They may even mock at it. They may spit at it. They may spit upon it. They may try to ban it. And they may try to burn it. But nonetheless, the Word of God will never change. It is forever settled in heaven. doesn't matter what they do to it. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. But one day, they will be judged by it. One day, they will be judged by it. 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter writing to the strangers or Israelites scattered abroad. Now some have come to faith in Christ and 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, Peter writes, Being born again, not of corruptible seed. Notice, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and the grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. Peter is saying, flesh will go. Flesh will come, flesh will live Flesh will die, flesh will go. And the next generation and the next generation and the one after that and after that. But brothers and sisters, I believe we're coming to the point where we're coming to the coming of the Lord. And he says all these generations will come, live and die, but one thing, the word of God will remain. He says in verse 25, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Peter says, by the preaching of this word, you ready? Not by telling little stories. Not by little fanciful stories. It's too much of getting up nowadays and getting behind the pulpit or onto the platform and telling little stories to people, tickling their ears, making them feel better. It's too much of it. It's everywhere in pulpits across the land. Listen, the very apostles preached the word of God. The very apostles came. The reformers came. And they preached the word of God. Died for the word of God. The Puritans came. Were burnt at the stake for the word of God. Had to leave the very land because of the word of God. The very Puritans sealed the United States because of the word of God. Do you know why? Because it was even the church of Ireland were persecuting them. You thought I was going to say the church of Rome there, weren't you? They had to leave because they stood by the word of God. And nowadays, that which has been hard fought by and fought for, that which men and women gave their lives for, that which they were, uh, in Hebrews 11, sawn asunder. This word was not worthy of them, as we're told. And men and women following hard after that, being burned at the stake, being sawn in half, hung, drawn, and quartered, being put on the rack until their arms and legs were ripped from their very sockets because of the word of God. Because they believed the word of the Lord endured forever. And by this word men and women will be judged. And today they get up and they tell some fanciful little fickle fairy tale. They get up and they speak nonsense and tripe. Nothing but nonsense and tripe. The people go home with their tires pumped up, so to speak. There's nothing in the soul. Go home with their tires pumped up. Wasn't that great? It was nice and soft. And it was nice and easy. The pastor wasn't too hard. He never is. And that's the problem. Brothers and sisters... Maybe always, from this pulpit, preach the blood on the book. Amen. The blood on the book. Will you turn with me briefly just to Genesis chapter 1? I want to show you something, please. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We're taking it from John 5 and our reading of verse 7. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. There we have the Father. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. There's the Spirit of God. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, there's the Word of God. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, verses 1 to 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. There He is. The pre-incarnate Christ. The Word of God. Verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. Whose glory? The Father's glory. The glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Oh, when we look at the crucified one, we see the face of God. He's the face of man. But he's in fullness the face of God. In Hebrews 13 and verse 8, we sang it tonight. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, on today, on forever. See the term there? It gives an idea of an elevation with each time. It goes an elevation. Let me show you. Jesus Christ the same. Notice, he's the same. Jesus Christ the same yesterday. This is the way it reads. On today, on forever. Many people read it. Jesus Christ is saved yesterday, today, and forever. The yons are important. That's why they're in there. Gives the idea of this elevated position of Christ in everything. Gives the idea that He is the unchangeable Christ, the impeccable Son of the Father. He's the incarnate Christ, He is the flesh word. In the beginning was the word. You can write there the spirit word. The spirit word. and becomes flesh in verse 14. The flesh word. And as we read about him by the Holy Ghost written through men, we have the written word. And the word is unchanging and unchangeable. The Lord Jesus said in John 17 and verse 17, praying he says, Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus says the word, and he's saying that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Paul said in Second Corinthians five and nineteen, to it that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. What Paul's saying is, in Christ was God. On the cross was God. How do I work it out? I can't. I don't know. All I know, He's the Son of God. The word of the Father made flesh. And there on Calvary's tree, burying, shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned He stood. Seen my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah! What a savior. That's what the hymn writer says. Full of substance and stuff. Stuff that sticks to your ribs and gives you inner lining to know that God's word is unchanging. Listen to 1 Timothy 3 and 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Here's what I want to ask you tonight Who was manifest in the flesh? God. Who was justified in the Spirit? Jesus. So Jesus is God, the Word. Who was seen of angels? Jesus. Who was preached unto the nations or the Gentiles here? Jesus. Who was believed on in the world? Jesus. And who was received up in the glory? The Lord Jesus Christ. The one they took and kneeled to the cross. The one they battered and beat and bruised and bloodied. The one they took and beat His lovely face. And shed His blood. That we might be saved. Jesus, the Word of the Father. Listen to Hebrews chapter one, verses one to three. God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us. By his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. Isn't that powerful? Think about this. This is the one we're speaking about tonight. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Yes, Jesus is the word of God. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the spirit, the water and the blood, pardon me, and earth, testify on earth, the spirit, the water and the blood. And these three agree in one, but there are three that bear witness in heaven, the father, the word, And the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Are one. The Lord Jesus, being the Word of God, made flesh. The Lord Jesus, being He who spoke through the prophets to Israel, then came Himself. The Lord Jesus is everything that this book contains. Look to find Christ in all the Scriptures. From Genesis to Revelation, He is this book, this word personified. He is the one whom they took and nailed to the cross that you might be saved and that I might be saved. And all of it is contained in Him. Everything in the types and the shadows before the substance. In other words, the types and the shadows in the Old Testament pointing to Christ. Looking to Christ. The types of what God says Christ will be. What Jesus will do when he comes. All of those things that he is to us in the word of God. All of it. This unchanging, immutable, inerrant word of God is all who Christ is. And Christ is all that this is. Every jot and tittle is his. Every word of the Father is Him. And everything that pointed to Him, and now looking back and in our lives of what it says of Him, is all found in the person of the Son of God. Bear with me as I read this. It'll take a few minutes, so bear with me. I've mentioned some of these before, but I want to bring them to you. On the Word of God. Who Christ is, the inerrant and unchanging Word of God in flesh. Jesus is the name above all names. The Word of God tells me, and it tells you and I this evening, that His name is above every name. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted Him, and given Him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should buy of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His name is above all names. To us, He is the Saviour of the soul, the Healer of the body, the Baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and He is the soon coming king he is the alpha and the omega he is called in the scriptures the last adam and the anointed of god he's the one anointed with the holy ghost and power who went about doing good he is the ark of refuge the amen and he is the author of eternal life he is the author and finisher of our faith And he is the altogether lovely one. He is our all and all. He is our everything. He is the anchor of the soul. The advocate above. The almighty. And he is the ancient of days. He is the angel of the Lord. And the arm of the Lord made bare. He is the chief apostle of God. He was a babe in a manger. Yet he is the blessed and only potentate of eternity. He is the bright In the morning star. The beginning of the creation of God. He is the beginning and the ending. He is the brightness of the Father's glory. The beloved Son. He is our brother. And He is our bridegroom. He is the brazen serpent. As it were on the pole. He is He to all who will look shall live. And He is the righteous branch. And He is the bread of life. He is our creator, yet he became a child. He is our commander and the captain of the Lord's hosts. He is the captain of our salvation. And he is the chiefest among every and any 10,000 after 10,000 after 10,000. He is a covert from the tempest. He is our city of refuge and the Christian's confidence. He's chosen of God. He's called and consecrated. He's a covenant to the people. He's a chief cornerstone. He's a father's crown of glory. And he's a diadem of beauty. He's our counselor and our comforter. He's a consolation of Israel. Jesus is the delight of his father and his dear son. The dear son of God. And he is the Jew of heaven. He is a desire of all nations. The day star, the day spring, and the day man. He's the door of the sheep and the dwelling place of the saints. He's a, the defense of his own. He's a great, David's greater son. He was despised and rejected of men, and a man of sorrows and acquainted of grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Yet he is a deliverer of all who will come to him and call upon his name to be saved. He is the ensign to the nations. He is He who is equal with God and is God. He is the express image of the invisible God. He is the everlasting Father and the elect. He is the end of the curse of the law and the example to the saints. He gives eternal life, for He is life eternal, and to know Him is everlasting life. He is our exceeding great reward, he is our friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's the firstborn from among many brethren. He's the first begotten of the dead. He's the firstfruits and the faithful witness. He's the forerunner and He's the first and He is the last. He's our faithful creator and He's the one who is fairer than the children of men, our foundation, our fortress. He's a fountain of living waters and He is a fountain open for sin and for uncleanness. He is God, a very God. He's a governor among the nations. He is our guest and our guide. He's our glory. He's the head of the church. He's the head of all principalities and powers. He's the head over all things. And He is the head of the corner. Yes, Jesus is His name. His name is the name of the image of the invisible God. He is the immortal and the incorruptible God. He is Emmanuel, the I Am, that I Am, our intercessor And he is Jehovah Jarrah, our provider. Jehovah Nisai, our banner. Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Jehovah Shammah, who is present. He is Jehovah Sakenu, our righteousness. He is Jehovah Mekedeshkin, our sanctifier. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. The bread of life, the resurrection and the life. The way, the truth and the life the door, the true vine, the light of the world, the good shepherd who giveth his life for the sheep. This is Christ. This is the word of God. And this is who he is. He is the just one and the judge. He is our keeper. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the king of Israel And he's the king of saints. He's the king of glory. He's the light of the world. And he's the light of life. He's the life of men. And he's the love of God and manifestation. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the Lord God omnipotent. He's the Lord God of heaven. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of Sabaoth. He's the Lord of the dead and of the living. He's the Lord of the harvest. He's the Lord of the whole earth. He's the Lord of glory, he's the Lord of lords, and he is the lawgiver and the law keeper. He is the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He is the lamb that was slain and he is the lamb who is in the midst of the throne. He is The man of man. He is the man of God's right hand. He is the man who God says it is my fellow. He is the man of sorrows. He is the man of Calvary. The man of Galilee. He is Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the mighty God. He is most high God. The most mighty. The mighty one. He is mighty to save. He is most holy. And he is most upright. He is our master and our teacher and our ruler. He's a messenger of the covenant. He's the minister of circumcision. He's the man of war. He's our mediator, our Melchizedek. He is the minister of the heavenly sanctuary. He's our mercy seat and our merciful and faithful high priest. He is as fresh as the manna in the morning and he is as applicable as the myrrh and campfire around the neck. He is the Nazarene and he is the offspring of David, the only begotten son of God, the wise God, our Savior, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent and benevolent. He is the offering for sin. He is our Passover and our peace offering, our propitiation, our Prince and Saviour. He's the Prince of Life. He's the Preserver of Men. He is precious and He is our portion. He is a plant of renown and the tender plant, the root out of a dry ground. He is the prophet to Israel. He's a prophet, priest for Israel. And he is king over Israel and you and I. He is the quickening spirit. He is the resurrection of the dead. He is the root of Jesse and the root of David. He is the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley fair. He is rich unto all who call upon him. He's our redeemer and our ransom. He's our refiner and our purifier. He is the rock of ages and the rock of offense. He's a refuge from the storm and the rivers of water he is the star of Jacob and the son of righteousness he is the shepherd and bishop of our souls the sower who sows and the stone of stumbling the seed of the woman the son of God the son of the blessed the son of the highest the son of man the son of David he's our scapegoat our surety our saviour our salvation he's the servant the son of man our shadow strength and he's our sanctuary this is Christ the Word of God, the one we love, the one we serve, the one we adore. He is our sword and shield. He is our shield and our buckler. He is greater than Solomon. He is greater than the temple. He is a shadow of a great rock in a weary land, and He's a shadow from the heat. His name is Jesus. He is the truth. He is our treasure and he's our testator. He is the tabernacle of God who is with men and among men. He's the tree of life and he's the true vine. He's God's unspeakable gift. He is God's witness. He's the word of God and he's the wisdom of God. He's the way to God. He's a wall of fire and his name is called Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. He is the well beloved and his name means Jehovah Saved because Jesus changes the lives whom he saves. He died that we might be forgiven. God's word is unchangeable. God's Word is inerrant and God's Word is immutable even in the face of this land, nation and society in 2023. Yes, brothers and sisters, those who come to know Christ as Savior, He changed their life. He renews the mind. He gives them a new song. They're a forgiven man and a forgiven woman. He delivers an addict. He rejoices their spirit. He liberates the captive. He cleanses the soul. The blood washed and the blood bought child of God are made, the unworthy are made worthy. The lost are found. The blind are made to see. The hell bound are now going to heaven. And that's because of Jesus who died for us. Will you give him the glory church? <clears throat> I'm my breath now. <laughs> oh... They want to change them. They want to try. They want to try to change the word. To suit their sin. People think they'll come and enter heaven, the kingdom of God, by another way, but through him. Preachers are telling, so-called preachers, are telling fables and fairy tales and little stories for 15 to 20 minutes because they're lazy. They won't study the word of God. That's what's wrong with men, you know. That's what's wrong with them. They won't get into the story. You know why? Because it takes hours and hours and hours. They won't get in and study the word and turn it over. They won't seek the face of God for the meeting for that night, for that moment, for that time, for the souls of the congregation of men and women. That we thought will do and that little bit I'll pick up and sure that will do them rightly and we'll pump up their tires, we'll pat them in the back, they'll have tickling ears and we'll let them for them and we'll make it all seem rosy and good and thousands upon thousands of souls will go to hell because they don't know Christ. See they're trying to change him. Like God is some big daddy Santa Claus in the sky. God is holy. God is holy. God is righteous. God is just. But praise him, he doesn't change. God is merciful. God is gracious. God is compassionate. God is good. God is kind. You can't change the word any more than you can change God. And they can do what they want and say what they want, whether it's by man's hand or AI, as they call it. Forever. Settled in heaven. And if a man and woman wants to be saved. They must be saved according to this word. If a man and woman wants. To be forgiven. They must be forgiven according to this word. I've just read you. Rhymed them off. There's so many types throughout the Bible. Which. Which speaks in points of Christ and you can gather it all up and you can see him hanging on the cross. all of it culminating on the cross, all of it culminating at Calvary, that he had to go for you and for me to give up his life to shed his blood, that I might be saved and that you might be saved. The unchanging God and his unchanging word. So if you're not saved tonight, and I don't know everybody, but I know most of us. If you're not saved tonight and you're not Christ, here's what I'm asking you. How do you think you'd enter into heaven? After all that, that's just just the part that we know. That's just the things I've picked out. I tried to do it alphabetically in order as best I could. What makes you think you could enter heaven by being a good person or going to church? You can't. When it took the Father to send forth his word. We sing it at Christmas time, don't you? Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. He sent his Son in the person of his Son. He bled and died for you. What makes you think you could enter heaven without him? Without trusting in him? If you're not saved tonight, we're here to help you. We're here to tell you of the Savior. We're here to point you to Christ. This church can't save you and I can't save you. But I know the Savior. And I can tell you who he is. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless you tonight. God bless your hearts tonight for coming out such a night. If you're not, saved, please, don't leave tonight without seeing me. Pastor Glenn and our elder Andrew's here and our head, Deacon Jeff, is over here. See someone. Say, I need to get right with God tonight. I need saved tonight. And come and speak to someone before you go home. Praise God. Team, could you come up, please?